0: We're starting a new series today called Heroes versus Villains. You'll see this on the screen. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a hero or are you a villain? How many know we have a beloved football coach in the section of Knoxville, Tennessee that is now a villain? Went from hero to zero. Come on. Y'all know Tennessee lost last night. And so how many know you can go from hero to zero really, really quick. Man, with my wife, sometimes I'm hero and then I, I put my big foot right in my mouth and I go from hero to zero. It's very, very possible. But we're launching a new series today called Heroes versus Villains because it ain't over till it's over. Come on, say that with me. Ready? It ain't over until it's over. And so as long as you have breath in your body, as long as there is life in you, you still have hope. You still have a chance for the God of all the universe to do something great in your life my dear friend here this morning Stacy is with us and she has had a lot of villains in her life not not necessarily like uh, the Joker and Dracula you know that would be a little odd but she's had a lot of internal villains just like we all have and so Stacy's going to come for just a few minutes and just share uh, a personal testimony of how that she relies on God as her hero and it is really helping her get through this hard time can we encourage our friend Stacy this morning (laughs) amen
1: Normally, I'm the quiet one, so if I'm speaking, then you know God really must think I have something to say. In 2007, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and he beat that, and he's cancer-free. Praise God. And um, I don't know if all y'all know, but I'm blessed with four parents I have. My mom and dad here, and then I have a mom and dad in North Carolina. But uh, Then in 2010, I was diagnosed with a brain disease. And within just a couple of weeks, I had brain surgery, and it's kind of been downhill since. But I have a mom who's constantly telling me, "Um, put God first, pray, put God first. And Philippians 4:13, "I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me," and it it constantly is in my head and I've always said, Mom, I don't I don't hear God how you do. I but the way I talk to God is just like, What's up God? Why now? Like, what's going on now? What do you what is it that I need to do? So never once have I used my sickness as um like why me? Because I don't feel like why me is a good question. I feel like why anyone but I think that God has allowed me to witness to people. But that doesn't bother me. Um, my dad had cancer. I got diagnosed. We lost my papa. And I guess it bared to be too much for him. A man who grew up a preacher's kid with the greatest father. My grandfather was awesome and a church-going man would do anything for his members. Um, he turned to alcohol. And it started off just a little bit here and there. And uh, I knew something wasn't right. But I kept trying to ignore it because I didn't know how to, as a child, you don't know, do you have the right to tell your parents what to do? And I don't know, y'all know parents make mistakes also, <laughs> and it's not just us, but parents make mistakes also. But I really need you guys to help me pray because um, my dad hit rock bottom, and I said that. Me trying to be there for him was not helping, and I kept praying and praying, and I said, God, what do I need to do? And so last week, I told Dad. I said, you know, until you get God back in your life, I don't know what to tell you. So you've got to figure this out on your own. I'm always going to be your daughter. I'm always going to love you, but you've got to turn back to God. You're searching in all the wrong places, and until you get Jesus back in your life, that hole is never going to be filled. And I know that because there's days I lay in bed sick as a dog and all I do is pray and say, God, please come into my heart. Give me peace again. And people always say, how do you smile all the time with everything you go through? And it's an unexplainable peace that God gives you. And so I don't know if there's someone here struggling with any kind of addiction or what's going on. And that's why God um, is telling me this. But anyway, tomorrow morning, my dad leaves on a plane to Texas for rehab and this will be third fourth attempt um so i'm praying he stays and i really pray that y'all will help me pray for him because he's a good man and he has a lot to offer the world and he's blessed with musical abilities that he can bless people through his music and everything so i would hate to see his blessings wasted and um So I'm just asking y'all to pray with me for him as he goes tomorrow. He's asked me not to talk to him until then and just let him go. So I'm having to just let him go. So pray for me that I'll have strength. But just remember... You can't do this alone. Whoever's going through this, you cannot do it alone. And you have a great pastor. You've got great people here that you can talk to. And a lot of us know what it's like to go through this stuff. So we'll pray with you, and we can get you the help we need. But first off, you've got to get God in your life because you cannot do it. None of us are strong enough to do this by ourselves. We need God. So thank you.
0: Thank you, sister. She's a great testimony of of walking with the Lord, even when things get tough and things are challenging. She talked about uh, some addiction and some alcohol. Those are all what we might call uh, villains in our life. We can all take a minute and think about um, popular villains in movies. Do I have any movie fans in the house? Any movie buffs? Uh, Somebody uh, call out a a villain that's in a movie. Anybody know of any villains? Joker? Joker? You t- calling me a joker is that a okay watch it now sister What about Darth Vader and he a villain I put some on here It's so awful. I had to g- Google who were the top villains because I'm not much of a movie buff You guys don't know this Lord Voldemort in uh, Harry Potter You guys know that somebody knows that okay. I got a few head head shaking here. I had to look that up Come on Rick. Help me out. Who else is a, a villain? Okay, exactly what he... Agent Smith in The Matrix. Anybody seen The Matrix? Okay, all right, you guys. Now, I'm not recommending these. I'm just saying these guys are villains. Uh, we can go We can go old school in The Wicked Witch of the West. Isn't that a villain? And and Dracula. And, and I begin to think about some heroes, because this is heroes versus villains. Now, somebody name uh, a hero. Rick, can you think of any hero that you might like? Can you think of any... Can you think of any... This is a thumb drive with an S on it for Superman. Can you think of any... I didn't want to forget that. Can you think of any super, uh, super people? Can't think of any. Batman, Spider Man. Who else? Somebody say TC Coy. Come on, Amen, Tony. All right. P- pa- Powder Puff Girls? Power Puff Girls. All right, give me your man card. Man card now. I don't know. But we all think of villains, we can all think of heroes, and, and everybody loves a good story. Everybody loves the good versus the evil, and used to, good always won, but now it's starting to be like, they just leave you hanging, we're evil one, so they can do a sequel, and do part three, and part eight, <laughs> and part nine, and it's like, dear me, how many villains do we need? You know, we I began to think of some real-life uh, villains, too. Um, Hitler is a, is a real-life villain, the Zodiac Killer in, in the 1800s, Jack the Ripper. And these are all uh, real-life villains, real evil. And I began to think of some real-life heroes. I begin to think of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, who's an awesome hero. And I begin to think of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, all these real heroes. And, and I began to just kind of analyze what this looked like. And I found the definition of a villain. And I looked it up, and it had Pastor Michael's picture right there in the dictionary. I couldn't believe it. I was like, here's my youth pastor. So the definition of a villain is this one who is responsible for bad or evil things. A villain is someone that is responsible for problems or difficulty. Anybody in the house that ever had problems or difficulty? Anybody in the house sitting beside someone that caused problems or difficulty? So that's a diff- defi- I got a lot of hands up there. Brendan, put your hand down. That's not good we've also got the definition of a hero. A hero is defined as one who has been endowed with super qualities and supernatural strength, supernatural ability. And and I just believe if we can look past the mystical hero and villain that we see in movies, if we can look past this illusion that we see on the screen, we can actually uh, all would agree that we have internal villains. We have internal struggles that are more real to us Than what we see on the movie the thing about a movie is that it's a movie. No one was injured There was no emotional scars to really heal. There were no wounds to bind up There was no damage done, but this is real life. This is not a movie Things really do go bad sometimes and there are real hurts and real tragedies We have real villains in our life The thing about a movie is there's no real pain. There's no real temptation when the guy jumps off the cliff He lands on foam, rubber. You can't see that. You think he's gone. But there's no pain. There's no damage. There's no struggle. We have real villains and they lock us up. They hold us captive. They imprison us by our past, by our guilt. Our villains don't let go and our villains don't give up. But I've got some good news today. There is a hero among us. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you will open up your life, he can help you. And he is coming to save the day. He is coming to eradicate evil off the face of the earth. Come on, can we give God thanks? Now I want us to turn here to our key verses in 1 John chapter 4. This is a church that believes in the Bible when you come here You will hear the word of the living God and I forgot to change the slide Jared. That was my fault I forgot to put the new background on it I want to show you here first John chapter 4 and uh, I begin to pray and meditate on these these scriptures And this is some of the best verses in all the Bible. Are you ready? Let's read this together dear friends do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. Meaning, just because somebody says this is good or this is God, it doesn't mean that it's good and doesn't mean that it's God. It says, do not believe everyone that says they speak by the Spirit. That's capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. Is this a hero spirit or is this a villain spirit? How I many know oh, just because somebody walks in the door of a church and says, you know, I'm saying something from God. How many know that's not always from God? We've got to test the spirits to see if they're from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. Now let's go on down to verse 2. Check this out. First John chapter 4, and we'll read verse 2. It says this, this is how we know that we have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges Jesus came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. Look with me at verse 3 on the screen. Check out verse 3. It says this, But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. So the way we can tell if someone is from God is what they do with Jesus Christ. Do they esteem Jesus Christ as the ultimate superhero? Did he come in a real body and die a real death and rise again on the third day? If that person correctly approaches Jesus, then we can say that they are of God, of the true God. Now check this out in verse 4. This is the best part in the whole passage. 1 John 4, 4. When I was a little kid, My mother taught me this verse, and she instilled this verse into me. And I love it, and it's very special to me this day. Look at verse 4, but you belong to God. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you belong to God. (laughs) Come on, say, I hope you belong to God. And if you don't, we're going to fix that for you this afternoon. We're going to give you a chance to pray and become a child of God. As a believer in Jesus, I belong to God. Notice this, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory. You've already won a battle. Notice how? Because the Spirit of God who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. The force, if you will, of God on the inside of you is greater than the force of evil in the world. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. And that is the ultimate hero versus villain scenario. But there are real villains in our life, things that we all struggle with, but with God, greater is he that is in me as a child of God than he that is in the world. You know what? I'm going to win. I'm on the winning side with Jesus. Doesn't mean that I don't have difficulty. Stacy is on the team of Jesus. She's had plenty of difficulty. I've had difficulty. Over the next few weeks, listen to what we're going to talk about in a real practical way. This church is not about you need to do this and you need to do that. This church is telling you how to do this. How can we walk this out? Listen at the villains we're going to deal with over the next few weeks. We're going to deal with depression. Would anybody admit that you've dealt with depression before? When you guys don't, amen, on a Sunday, I go home and deal with depression every week. When you don't, amen, really big. I'm just teasing. There's the amen. Thank you. Amen happen to be a family member, but I'll take what I can get. Hallelujah. We're going to deal with uh, guilt of the past. How do, we, how do we deal with the villain of our past? How many of you have a past that you'd like to settle that villain once and for all? Come on, amen. Me too. And then uh, we're going to deal with discouragement, depression, self-worth. We're going to deal with the villain of lust. It's a real villain that's out there. It's a, there's a real spirit of lust in the world today. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So we're going to deal with that. We're going to hit that head on. We're going to talk about pride. We're going to talk about the villain of financial hardship. How many know that money can, can, can be a real villain? I've heard people say, now money is evil. Money is not evil. Have you ever been mugged by a $20 bill? <laughs> no! Money is not evil, but money is loving money more than God and loving money more than your family and putting money as the ultimate priority is, is the root of all kinds of evil. Somebody said, now money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure does help. Can I have an amen out there? But we're going to talk about financial hardships and that, that can be a real villain in our life. We're going to talk about physical sickness. We have a wonderful lady in our church that has been miraculously healed. Uh, we have a, another, we have a brother in our church that's just been healed. God is, God is, God is still alive and God is a healer. But sometimes physical sickness is attached to us and it is a real life villain. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Greater is the spirit of God on the inside of me than the spirit that is in the world. Now, when we start dealing with these villains, people might think we're a little crazy how many of you have a family that thinks you're just a little crazy when we start dealing with these villains according to the bible people may think you're crazy and you may be crazy but you're not as crazy as this guy check it out hey you
2: yes you you feel like you can't take it anymore you feel like you're at the end of your rope? you feel like you need professional help Well, you need to call us here at the Psychiatric Hotline at 1-800-555-NUTS. That's Mm -hmm. 800-555-NUTS. 800-555-NUTS. Hello, and welcome to the Psychiatric Hotline. Hi. If you're obsessive, compulsive, please press one Repeatedly. If you're codependent, please ask someone to press two. Honey! If you have multiple personalities, please press three, four, five, and six. I'm gonna press it. No, I'm going to press it. Listen, I'm gonna press it and I'm gonna enjoy pressing it again and again. If you are paranoid delusional, we know who you are and what you want. Just stay on the line so we can trace the call. If you're schizophrenic, listen carefully and a little voice will tell you which number to press. Which number? Okay. If you're manic depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press, no one will answer if you're anxious, just start pressing numbers at random. Hello, <laughs> are you there? Help, well, please. If you are phobic, don't press anything.
1: <gasps>
2: if you're rigid,
0: meticulous, compulsive, and obsessive, please hold. Come on, how many of you can identify with at least one of those there in the picture? And so when we begin to deal with our, our villains and we begin to deal with our struggles, people may think we're a little crazy because God calls us to do things a little bit different. And so we want to walk through that today. I, I was thinking about how to approach this message. And there's the classic. You can look at all the Old Testament stories. And how many of you have heard the story of David and Goliath? And you know that David killed the big Goliath. And and you have Moses and Pharaoh. And you've got the, the hero and the villain. And you've got all the prophets of God that were uh, harassed by villains. And I began to look at all those and, and to see which way we wanted to go. And how could I bring this to you in a real relevant way? And I actually took it to the New Testament. There's a man in the Bible named Paul. And he was used by God in a tremendous way. He was a, a missionary. He was a, a leader in the church. He planted, started a lot of churches. God used this man, Paul, to write over two-thirds of the New Testament. And I began to think about all the villains that Paul, as a man of God, faced. Now, if I told you God's going to use you and you're going to pray for somebody that's dead and they're going to get up and live, God's going to use you all over the world. God's going to use you to write two-thirds of the New Testament. How many think you got it made? Life's going to be easy, right? were wrong. Paul had some incredible internal struggles. Most people don't know this about Paul, but Paul really warred with himself, and he really he really had some honestly some internal villains that he had to deal with. Look at uh, look at this right here. What Paul did in Acts chapter twenty six before Paul became a Christian, he was the chief persecutor of Christians. He was the chief. Uh, harasser of the church his job was to stop the spread of the gospel of Christ look with me at Acts chapter 26 Paul said I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could To oppose the very name of Jesus look at verse 10 Paul goes on to say indeed. I, I did just that in Jerusalem authorized by the leading priest I caused many believers there to be sent to prison. This is Paul. This is the great man of God Look at the villains of his past that he had to confront and deal with on a daily basis. He said, I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. People died because of Paul. I've done some bad things. I've killed a few animals and snakes and bugs, okay? But no human has died at my hands. I don't have this on my conscience like Paul had to deal with. Look here at verse 11. And their only crime, ladies and gentlemen, was because they believed in Jesus The only thing they did wrong was say yes to our superhero, Jesus. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. Paul was a bad dude. So Paul had to live the rest of his life with this in his rearview mirror. Paul had to live the rest of his life with this. Now, listen what Paul endured as a believer. Well, but when Paul got saved, everything was fixed. When Paul got in church, everything got better. Listen what Paul endured even after he got in church. Listen to this in 2 Corinthians 11. You talk about a movie, a plot, a story. This is a movie right here. It says in verse 23 in 2 Corinthians 11, After Are they servants of Christ? I, I know I sound like a madman, but I've served him far more. I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. Notice the very thing Paul did, he was having to endure. Paul said, I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number. How many of you sometimes feel like you want to do that to your kids? <laughs> Don't. I can have an amen. He says, I've whipped, been whipped without number. I've faced death again and again. Notice this here in verse 24. This is what Paul endured. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Do you know why they gave him 39? Do you know why they bothered to count? Because they believed that 40 would kill a man. So five times he was at the very point of death after he said yes to Jesus. After he said yes to being a Christian. Five times I was beat with 39 lashes. Look at verse 25, it keeps getting better. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Anybody in the house can they say that once I was stoned? Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, come on. This is talking about the rocks you throw at everybody. Oh, what a holy crowd! Three times, I didn't say this morning. Come on, can I have an amen? I said once. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. Look at verse 26. I've traveled on many long journeys i've faced danger from rivers from robbers i've faced danger from my own people the jews as well as gentiles i've faced danger in the city i've been in the desert i've faced danger on the seas i've faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not look at verse 27 this is what paul endured this was his villains in his life that he had to deal with and overcome i've worked hard and long enduring many sleepless nights I've been hungry and thirsty, and I've often gone without food, and I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Now, who wants to sign up to be a Christian? We don't preach these passages when we give... Cause for people to respond to Jesus. Now that's not going to happen to you. Paul had a specific assignment. You will have challenge and you will have difficulty when you say yes to Christ, but none of us in this room are going to go through all those things because that was a unique time and Paul had a, a job of setting in motion the church. But I begin to analyze his life and how did he overcome these villains? How did he deal with depression? How did he deal with guilt of the past? How did he deal with anger? So I want to give you three really vital roadmaps to defeating your villain. We're just going to get one or two today. But I want to give you three really vital roadmaps to defeating your villain. How many of you want to defeat some villains in your life? Can I I see your hand? How many of you want to make some progress and see some change? We want to see some real change. Notice this, number one. Here we go. Recognize the battle is real. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you got to recognize the battle is real? Just tell them. we got to recognize the battle is real. So many folks don't even realize that they're in a fight. They don't even realize that they're in a battle. And not only are we in a battle, but we have a real enemy. Look at your other neighbor and say, I have an enemy, but it's not you. I have an enemy, but it's not you. Now, I remember when I was in eighth grade. Anybody remember the eighth grade? I was very small. I hadn't hit a growth spurt yet. I had a really squeaky, high-pitched voice, and it made everybody want to punch me. I don't understand. Something about my voice made everybody... Just kind of like it does on Sunday mornings now, Stacy. Something about my high-pitched voice made everybody want to punch me, and I was picked on because I was little. I've got some sympathy up here from my friend. I, I brought a lot of it on my own because even though I was little, I had a really big mouth. I had a really big attitude. Nobody told me that I was four foot three, okay? Nobody told me. Nobody told me that I couldn't whip a, a wounded fly. <laughs> and so I, I was picked on all the time, and I was picked on all the time. And one day, you know, they push that button, and you get that button pushed, and it's like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Well, I had one of those moments in the eighth grade, and it actually helped me because nobody messed with me after the story that I'm about to tell you. I, I was picked on by this one guy who was just a little bit bigger than me. Everybody picked on him, and I was the only guy smaller, so he picked on me. And so every day this guy would pick on me and harass me and just pick on me, because he couldn't pick on anybody else, honestly. He was just a little bit bigger than me. And I was standing at a corner uh, one day, just minding my own business, and the guy came out of a door this way, and he had an entire hallway to go around me. But what did the guy do? He ran right into me and said, get out of my way. You know, he had, to, he had to, he, his voice hadn't changed either. Said to dig real deep, get out of my way, and so he pushed me like this, Pastor Randy. He pushed me, and you know when you get pushed, you step back. Well, I didn't come back with a push. I came back with a right hook right at the side of his face, and I was like, "What did I just do? <laughs> I like it. Let's do it again." And then I went into hockey mode, TC. You'd be so proud of me, man. Eighth grade, never really won any fights at all. I got the guy's shirt, pulled it over his head, and I was just letting him have it. And I was screaming in my high-pitched voice like this. Right in front of the office, too. Right in front of the (laughs) office. So I just walked in and sat down when I was done. I was like, book me, (laughs) book me, you know. (laughs) Even though that guy in middle school tormented me, tormented me, he was really not my enemy. He was not my enemy. Now I may have been his enemy after that, but he really wasn't my enemy. Look at First Peter chapter 5. We have an enemy. We have a real enemy. We actually became friends after that. Nobody messed with me after that. It was wonderful. I was like, I should have done this four years ago. (laughs) Is this all it took? So I'm not promoting fighting. Your pastor's not telling you to go fight, beat somebody up, but you know, enough was enough. And so notice this here in 1 Peter 5. All right, check this out. Say this with me. Say, we have an enemy. It's not people. It's not my family. It's not the government. Amen? Now, listen. Hillary Clinton is not the enemy. Trump is not the enemy. They may be used by the devil from time to time, but they're not the enemy, okay? The government, the system, your family, people are not our enemy. They can be influenced by the enemy. Look what the Bible says here with me. Check this out, 1 Peter 5.8. Stay alert. Stay alert. I mean, know, that'd be good to practice on Sunday mornings. Why do you think we give you coffee and donuts in the lobby? We're trying to help you stay alert. Christians are asleep. We're in a battle. We're in a fight, and you are asleep. Stay alert. Notice here it says, watch out for your great enemy. You have a great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have an enemy. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. The the enemy is after you. The Bible says Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. This villain of depression that you face is a real enemy. It has a real source. This villain of insecurity. That was a big deal for Stacy to get up and share. She's not insecure, but she said she was quiet and shy. So many people let insecurities lock them up, and they can't do anything for anybody because of insecurity. So proud of her for stepping out. This enemy of financial hardship, is a real enemy. It has a real source. And Satan is looking for someone to devour. But Jesus is our hero, and if we were to lend ourselves to him and get under his plan, he will provide comfort and protection and safety and help even in a time of need. Notice here, the enemy has a purpose. He's looking for someone to devour. Look at me Ephesians 6. We're going to wrap this up here. I just want to share one more uh, passage with you. And then we're going to wrap this up, and, and we're going to get into some really good things next week. Number one, we're going to recognize the battles real. Say it when we say, "The battle is real. Look at Ephesians six, the final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. You know what this church is all about? We're not about your past, what you have done or haven't done. We're not about how bad you blew it. We're not about the mess you may be in, even if you caused it or didn't cause it. We're not about what other people think about you. When you walk into this church, we put a 10 on your head. Now it's up to you to stay there. Can I have an amen? But everybody that walks in the building is a 10 because Jesus thinks you're a 10. We've had, yeah, come on, amen. It says a final word. Be strong in the Lord. This church is all about helping you be strong in the Lord. Notice this here. Put on the armor of God so you'll be able to stand against all the strategies. Somebody say all. I want to shock some of you here. Satan has a strategy against you. Satan has a real strategy to kill your family. What is your strategy against his strategy? Do you have a strategy? I didn't know I need one. That's why it's so good to be here today. Now you know, and we're going to give you strategy over these next few weeks. All the strategy. You know, Satan doesn't give up. He's a pesky little thing. He's like my little daughter, Lillian, when she wants ice cream. Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Ice cream, look at Jamie. and go, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. She just won't give up. She won't stop till you give her ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Satan will try one thing. If it doesn't work, he'll come another way. He'll try this. And if that doesn't work, he'll come another way. He'll send another villain this way and send this. And if this doesn't work, he'll keep going this way. He has strategies. We got to have more strategies than he has. Notice this here in verse 12. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. People are not our enemies. You need to hear that this morning. People are not the enemy. You may have been hurt and abused as a child, and that adult is not the enemy. Now, I'm not saying go, restore a relationship. I'm not saying overlook a wrong. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is that person you must forgive. They are not the enemy. Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy, and he uses people. Let me help you here. How does God bless people? If God wants to give Rick Mills money, or let's say this way, God wants Rick Mills to give me money. Let's say that. God wants to bless me with money. Turn it around. I'll say God wants to bless Rick. Rick's got a need. How is God going to give money to Rick Mills? Is Rick going to go out one day and this money tree be growing in his yard? That's called stealing, by the way. God's not a counterfeit. You do know that, right? God doesn't print his own money, all right? How's God going to give Rick money if he has a need? He's going to speak to Jay. And Jay's going to say yes or no. If Jay says no, he's going to go down to TC. If TC says, no, I ain't got time today to do that, he's going to go to Pastor Michael. He's going to go down the line until somebody says yes. That's why I want to say yes on the first time. Now, I I think God's got a sense of humor. I think I'm like way down on the list and he's went through everybody and now I'm the last one that was to say yes to this certain assignment here or there. How's God going to bless Rick? Through people. So Satan is the opposite of God. He curses. How's Satan going to curse you? He's going to send people your way. People are not the enemy. Just like Jay is not the blesser, the blessing. God is the blesser. He's just a funnel through. Notice here the Bible says we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. That's the villain, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. So Revelation 12.9, last scriptures. I want to invite our uh, associate pastor Randy to come and and help us with uh, the keys for a minute. Look at Revelation 12.9. Satan's goal is to deceive you. Satan's goal is to deceive you. This great dragon, the ancient serpent, called the devil, one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. The deception he wants to tell you is that he is not real. He's not your villain. That depression is just a part of life. That guilt of your past is just a part of life. He wants to deceive you. That these inner struggles that you have, the turmoil in your mind, the the sickness in your body, it's just part of life. And that's the great deception. Can we pray together this morning? Thank you so much for coming today. We're going to get ready to give away our gift to those that are here as guests. But let's pray together. Father God, would you help my friends this morning to know you? God, I've been praying for them all week. Would you help them know that the villains they face in their life are no match for the supernatural spirit of the living God? I want to ask for everybody to pray with me here if you can. Nobody moving around, nobody looking around. I want to ask everybody to take this moment very serious. We read in 1 John 4, you belong to God. When I said that phrase, did something on the inside of you go, yes, I belong to God? Or was there an empty void and a question mark? Do I really belong to God? The Bible says to him or her who believes... We have the power to become children of God. If we're not a child of God, we're an enemy of God. And enemies of God, one day will face judgment and we'll face the wrath of God that was never meant for you. It was meant for the devil and his angels. But if we are not children of God, through accepting Jesus, we are enemies of God. We're enemies of the cross and we will be doomed to that same judgment that Satan is doomed for. But that's not God's plan. God made a way evil was prevailing and the superhero jesus christ came and took your place and he took my place and the rest is history his story history listen friends you've got a past i do too exchange your past for his story He can rewrite your history. Man, today can be the first day of the best of your life. You need Jesus. This is the thing that you need to help you in your life. It will require sacrifice. It will require commitment. But the Spirit of God on the inside of you can be greater than the spirit that's in the world, the evil, the the spirit out there that is pulling us down. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, Please don't leave this building. I want us to all pray together. Please don't leave this building without making that decision. Let's all pray together. Everybody together out loud, okay? Let's say it like we believe it. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Give me a fresh start. Thank you for grace. Sin and Satan, I turn my back on you. Lord Jesus, I turn to you. Make me brand new. I'll live for you. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. It's in your name I pray.